any mention of personal use by me in the UK of these or any other compounds is purely fictional, nor do I condone or promote the use of illegal substances. The information contained herein is for entertainment only. Hello, I finally got round to recording this mushroom psilocybin chapter. I've, I've been putting it off for a long time, uh, basically just procrastinating um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, firstly, I wasn't sure if anyone would be listening. Secondly, I wasn't really sure how to go about it. Um, I've had to educate myself regarding the compound itself um, and also I've had to structure it in such a way so that it comes across as best I can make it uh, in educational terms. I've started with psilocybin or magic mushrooms as it's as the genus is commonly known purely because it was the first psychedelic I started taking and it's the most easily accessible and probably if you take small enough doses the gentlest. What I won't do is go into the physical characteristics of the various psilocybin containing mushrooms available. Firstly, because where you are in the world will dictate which ones are available. And secondly, I don't feel qualified. What I will say is, if you do intend to go out mushroom picking, Please educate yourself fully as to how to identify the poisonous and the non-poisonous mushrooms because they can be very, very similar in looks and physical characteristics, but obviously the effects are massively different. I'll start with a brief overview of history of the, the usage of psilocybin mushrooms. If it sounds like I'm reading from a script, it's because I am. I've compiled some notes on the history from a, a number of different sources. Psilocybin is a naturally occurring compound produced by more than 200 species of mushrooms. The name psilocybe comes from the Greek words psilos which means bear, and cube, which means head. Literally tr translated, this means bear head, which most likely refers to their appearance. The oldest archaeological find of mushroom use discovered so far is probably a Tassili image from a cave which dates back 3,500 years before the birth of Christ. In it, the artist's intent is clear. Mushrooms with electrified auras 
are depicted outlining a dancing shaman. This electrified aura is similar to the halo often painted around Christ's head in religious imagery. Which leads me to the book The Sacred Mushroom and the Cross or to give it its full name The Sacred Mushroom and the Cross a study of the nature and origins of Christianity within the fertility cults of the ancient Near East. The Sacred Mushroom on the Cross is a book written in 1970 by John Marco Allegro and it's about the linguistics of early Christianity and fertility cults and it relates the development of language to the development of myths, religions and cultic practices in world cultures. I found it a very difficult book to read because it it uses etymology and through etymology Allegro argues that the roost of Christianity and many other religions lay in fertility cults and that cult practices such as ingesting visionary plants to perceive the mind of God persisted into the early Christian era and to some extent into the 13th century, 18th century and mid 20th century. He interprets the fresco of the Plan Keralt Chapel to be an accurate description of the ritual ingestion of Amanita Muscaria Allegro argued that Jesus never existed as a historical figure and was a mythological creation of early Christians under the influence of psychoactive mushroom extracts such as psilocybin. Etymology is basically the, the study of the history of words because words, the meaning of words can change over time. John Marco Allegro worked on deciphering the Dead Sea Scrolls. I want to say he spent 20 years working on them and during this time he formed the theory or the opinion that previous translations of old Bibles were incorrect because the meaning of words changes over time and what he proposed what he proposes in the in the book uh, was very controversial um, I think it pretty much ended his career the book is a very <laughs> a very heavy read or at least I found it because it examines a lot of words in great detail um, it's, a, it's certainly an interesting read and I can certainly see where he's coming from um, but yeah it took me it took me a long time to, to read the book and even after reading it 
I didn't fully understand everything that he was saying. Before Christianity, the Greeks are alleged to have used a psychedelic compound in a ceremonial environment. Um, these ceremonies were called, or are known by historians, as the Eleusian Mysteries. And they're called a mystery because, from what I understand, no concrete information was ever written down and participants of the ceremonies could not speak of what happened during the ceremonies under the punishment of imprisonment or death. People like Aristotle and Plato are both said to have participated in these ceremonies. They took part in a Greek town called Eleusius, inside a, a temple that honoured Demeter, who is the goddess of the earth. And it's said the mysteries represented the myth of the abduction of Persephone from her mother Demeter by the king of the underworld, Hades. And it represents a cycle with three phases, the descent, the search and the ascent with the main theme being the ascent of Persephone and the reunion with her mother, which has a lot of similarities in my personal experience of ayahuasca. And in 1977, 
at a mushroom conference. Albert Hoffman and Karl Rook suggested that Lucian Mysteries centred on the use of psychoactive fungi and these ceremonies continued until they were repressed in the early centuries of the Christian era. And like I mentioned, after reading things like this and having the experiences I've had with various psychoactive compounds, I can easily see the, the connection between religion, religious ceremonies um, and psychoactive compounds. It's not a big jump for me personally to think that a lot of religions are based on psychoactive ceremonies. They've just been hijacked over the years to be used as a form of manipulation and control. After all, why would you want the, the population to have a direct line to God by consuming a, a mushroom, for example, when you can charge them to speak to God through you? It's just food for thought. Another interesting story that I'd never heard of until I started taking notes for this podcast is the story of some hikers who in 1991 were hiking in the Italian Alps and they came across the well-preserved remains of a man who died over 5,300 years previously. The man was dubbed the Iceman by the, the media and he was well equipped with a knapsack, flint axe and a string of dried birch polypores and another yet unidentified mushroom. The polypores can be used as tinder for starting fires and as medicine for treating wounds. Further, a rich tea with immune enhancing properties can be prepared by boiling these mushrooms. Again, that just goes to show Mushrooms have been used for a long, long time by humanity, uh, not just psychoactive mushrooms. More recently, mushrooms such as lion's mane and cordyceps have become more popular for their positive effects on human physiology. Um, and if you want to have your, your mind blown a little bit, have a Google on how the cordyceps mushroom proliferates in the wild. Uh, it's both a, a fascinating and terrifying story. If you do decide to go on Google, it'll be worth searching the story of Santa and the Amanita muscaria mushroom, or the fly agaric as it's also known. Because that's, I found that a really interesting story as well. Hopefully that very brief summary has given you an idea of the usage of psychoactive mushrooms by humanity. Um, 
and hopefully it's also piqued your interest a little bit to do further research yourself. I'll end this episode now. Um, you're probably bored of me waffling on and it also means you don't have to fast forward through this to get to my recount of my experiences. So, bye for now.